Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Excurience Point Starfinder, your favorite all-queer cast Starfinder podcast, I hope. As always, please take the time to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. We work really hard on the show and want as many people as possible to share it with. We hope you are as excited and will recommend us to your friends, community, and everyone. It would be wonderful. If you didn't make it to Outsider Comics and Geek Boutique in Seattle last week on Friday to meet at Wright Jesser and at Cormelon, we've got pictures up at EQ Points for you to bask in. My half-elf sorcerer was quite fun, and I wish the campaign was recurring because I could play Lester all day. Plus, there were all the cool folks I got to meet, and it was a pretty fun story arc. Well done, Jess. Well done. This episode of Experience Points, we meet the priest of the Temple of the First Ones and have a brief history lesson from Eos. Mordax and Angus talk it out, and finally, Absco learns about feelings. Welcome to episode 30, Fuego's Inferno. Adventure Hookers, and welcome back to Experience Points, your favorite queer Starfinder real play podcast. I am your host and GM, Miu, and joining me today, as always, is our ever so fabulous cast. Hello, I'm Kelric. I play Angus. Hi, I'm Britt, and I play Mordex, and sometimes Silverblade. I'm Kenny, and I play Absco Cash. I'm Steph, and I play Eos Nabari. And I believe that our resident tech genius, Mordax, <laughs> has a recap for us. Mordax's personal report, volume two. I'm safely back in my quarters after a really scary experience on the burning arc of Pelagio, where I almost <laughs> lost Silverblade. After the explosion outside of the fire consulate place, we've rushed into trying to infiltrate the headquarters of the Preservationist Front so that we could calm the situation enough to access the Temple of the First Ones, and it was a little more complicated and well-guarded than we realized, and we only narrowly escaped, only to be arrested for suspected involvement with the attack. I luckily had my bot-fighting streaming camera turned on, so we had enough evidence to get free, but I don't think the preservationists are actually going to get in trouble. I think they have more political sway than we realized. I can never go back to Chroma as well, which means that my fighting bot aspirations really are over. I guess this Starfinder thing really is my life now. Well, on to the next part of the mission, I suppose. Mordax out. Oh. Aww. <laughs> <Ow. laughs> that was uh, sad. All right, so... We last left off with you standing in the Brass Bazaar with a dark hooded figure and Fuego. I believe, Eos, you have around your wrist a, a new bracelet of Saren Ray, yes? Yes. yes a flashback! Yes. Just a few minutes ago as they leave <laughs> the ASS Roseate. <laughs> I love the name. <laughs> you picked it! And I love it. <laughs> Okay. The two are directly correlated. <laughs> Captain, with your permission, I would like to stop at the Temple of Saren Ray on our way back to the ship. Um, I suppose if anyone would like to join me, they're welcome to pay their respects, given what's happened in the last 24 hours. Mordax's eyes just get real wide. I, I think that's not really my sort of place, but you should go. That's fine. I'm, I'm tired, but I don't want to... Sp- to split up, so if you're going, we're all gonna go and just take your time. And I give Mordax a very significant look of just hold it together. I am not splitting us up again. 
Mardax looks a little sheepish. With all due respect, I'm going to keep my weapon close. Not that you would become <laughs> a fanatic, but I don't know. On edge. Yeah. It's smart. We don't know who all the fanatics are. We haven't had time to go through everything. So let's just get this done. I understand that it's important to you, but let's get moving. Well, I don't understand why it's important to you. You gave up your symbol very freely. It's just a bracelet. Sure. I understand that to many people, it is an important religious symbol that they need for their worship or as a part of who they, to signify who they are. I never had that. And that's, it was a gift from a friend that I just kind of kept on me and replacing it is just continuing to show that I'm not going to let these fanatics change the goddess that I have a connection to. Yes, I gave it up easily because sometimes to survive, you know, it's not about what's on you. It's about getting through this situation. It doesn't change my devotion. That's fair. But, you know, in the future, so you're aware, we all have weapons. And we will defend you, no matter what your choice is on how you present yourself and who you worship. If that's who you want to be and you want to present it outwardly, we're here. We were all in it together there anyway. And I think if we've proven anything, it's that we just don't leave someone behind. So if you feel the need to express yourself with this religious belief, then, then you do so. And you can count on us. Another side eye at Mordax. Oof. All the sighting. <laughs> Mordax continues to look sheepish. <laughs> Angus, Angus handled it well in the moment, but Angus has had a lot of time to ruminate on being yelled at like that in a situation where they were Real fighting. Real good use of ruminate there. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's breaking out the SAT words. <laughs> About how... Very much they were fighting to make sure Mordax got Silverblade back because they recognized it was important and then still getting their ass chewed out about it. It was like, there will be words later about emotional displays and attacking your crewmates in times when it's not appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) At any rate. Anyway. (laughs) I appreciate that. I saw we were already in a bad situation and given where we were and what was around us, I didn't want to make it worse. I made the choice that I thought was best for the team. And I will bear in mind that perhaps I need not do that next time. Well, this may all be, you know, sounding hypocritical coming from me, the person who can disappear at a moment's notice. I don't know. I just, I suppose it's important for me to know that you know that we're here for you. I appreciate that. I've been on my own for a while now. It's a little bit, it's a little different not having people have your back because they're ordered to, because they choose to. It's a little new for me, for especially for no offense for people who aren't in my pack. I can understand that. All right, so you get to the Radiant Cathedral. This central spire in Dawnshore is has strange symbols inscribed in the metal and inlaid in the sun-bright glass of the spire. Indecipherable symbols. There are many, many priests of Seren Ray that walk through the cathedral. It's huge and just absolutely gorgeous. As you step inside, you feel as though you really feel, even more so than out in the plasma bubble, you feel that you are completely surrounded by the sun. 
So you're able to spend some time here if you would like. Get your get a new focus, a new holy symbol focus. Absco is anything in particular that y'all wanted to do? Uh, Absco is visibly uncomfortable. Like they they're searching everywhere for like a place to kind of try to blend in, and I believe probably failing. Out of kindness for everyone's discomfort, Eos not gonna Eos isn't going to spend too long um, getting a new bracelet. She will pay her respects, perhaps light a few candles for those who weren't so lucky to make it out of the blast and say a few words before rejoining you all. I have this image of Eos just casually just grabbing one off of like, they have a, a tray of, oh yeah, some of our plastic bead stuff. Go ahead and take them. And she's just like, oh, this will do. <laughs> the rest of us are like, okay. She uh, goes to the exp- gift shop. It's not the outward expression, I guess. It's It's... This is just a, th- a thing. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's very much what she would do. Okay. She just gets like the equivalent of like a $5 plastic bead rosary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Been blessed by the local priest. <laughs> While they're, we're there, can I do a perception check to see if anyone kind of is watching us or looks uncomfortable at our at our presence? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Can I do the same? Because yeah, That's an 11. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, the eleven for Absco. You're you're so uncomfortable yourself. Like you're, you're doing that kind of look around. Like what? What do you want? What are you looking at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would I roll a sense motive? You think, or just perception? You can roll a sense motive. I'll give you that. No, I sense nothing. I am too pissed off by what happened. <laughs> Also, in eleven with Eos, you are busy praying, and you see the crowds around you of uh, the people who are there holding a vigil for the victims of the Brass Bazaar. My perception was a seventeen, just because I'm looking out for my crew, making sure that we're safe or as safe as I can keep us. <laughs> Angus, you see, uh, you're you're paying a little closer attention. Uh, you can see that. Y'all are probably the only armed people in here, aside from the security at the front door, who uh, kind of looked askance at you. But you've got you've got a couple of uh, priests that seem to be just standing there watching you, making sure you don't cause any trouble. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you don't see anyone else watching you. I wouldn't even see a point in mentioning that because I would assume everyone in our group is is aware enough to know a spectacle. Because we're always a spectacle. And I have on my new armor. I have on my new, you know, command pinks. So people are definitely going to be noticing. Oh, yes. You head from the Radiant Cathedral back through to the Brass Bazaar. We cut back to where we were with Eos, you know, kind of running her fingers over her new bracelet in front of Fuego and this hooded figure. And Fuego tells you, this is one of the priests at the Temple of the First Ones. And the being in the the dark cloak bows to you quietly, not a sound. Um... I would like to do a culture check to see if I know anything about the proper responses. Okay. So it's a 19. A 19. Any sign of respect will do. Okay. So however you wish to do that. I would probably, you know, do a half bow to them in return and try to say we, what would it be? Something like we are honored by your assistance and say it in Ignan since I know that language now. Show so off. having picked up Ignan on your time here on the sun. I'm quite good with languages. Your whole like 24 hours. What's Ang- the, Angus uh, just has an ear for, for languages. I was going to say, what's the Epsilon Station or the Pact World's equivalent of Rosetta Stone? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's sort of like, <laughs> thank you. Crackle, crickle, crack, crack, fire pop. <laughs> 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 I mean, your fire elemental. 
Pixels. Who knows? <laughs> Absco, as as Angus is a you know saying his respects and everything, um, is going to sense motive on like the response and everything. Okay, fifteen with a fifteen. The dark shadowy figure whose features you cannot see looks like a dark shadowy figure, which makes mm. you uh, immediately uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, I'm resisting the urge to use psychokinetic hand to, mm. but that would be disrespectful because praise. <laughs> we had a plan going into our previous thing, uh, into the previous fight, and Absco and Eos threw that plan out the window. You were like, mm-hmm. "We sense motive and think something's off, so we're attacking." And then <laughs> Mordax and Angus were like, "Well, they're attacking, so I guess we have to join this party because our plan is dead." So if you feel like doing that again, feel free. It was fun. (laughs) (laughs) The level of sarcasm. So uh, Absco would would approach this person a little bit, get get in a little bit closer than I guess Angus is, but not like invade this person's space and just kind of be like, so you're you're very cloaked and very shadowy. I respect that. (laughs) I also kind of want to learn from you. The hood bobs once. (laughs) <laughs> this is a skill that I think on the sun would be invaluable. Bing reaches up and pulls okay. back its hood, and you see, bending there before you, a Ooh. mechanical being. Ooh. Oh, Mordax I was I was not expecting this. I was not either. <laughs> Something along those lines. Does Mordax anybody here speak. speak any form of, like, binary? I thought about it, and I did not take it. Brit? Ah. Brit? So. I took... Besk, because I like Besk soap operas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see if any of these will help. I speak Celestial, Common, Eoxian, Ignan, Infernal, Kasothan, Vesite, Vesk, Vlaka, and Isoki. Britt, you're... You Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, after seeing how Your special. It was, I, it. I have share language, which would allow a target to read, understand, and, and communicate to the best of its abilities in up to three languages you already know. So if it seems yeah, to, but you under- have to know them. Oh, oh, okay. to get it to speak to mm-hmm. you. Well. If, if what actually can. happens, Brit, your 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 special custom rig begins crackling. <laughs> there is a shortwave radio band coming in. Oh, Mordex will look down. But but also as a note, actually, I I didn't take as many languages as I could have because I could have taken two more and I hadn't actually finished that part. So if you guys narratively <laughs> would prefer that I have learned binary, I would be fine with that because the the intelligence bonus would have allowed me way more languages than I chose. That's up to you. Yeah, Dax is your character. But Mordax speaks binary. <laughs> How about I, that? I, I feel like it makes way more sense. Yes, the creature begins communicating in a series of beeps, which you quickly pick up to be a sort of a binary code. Which you're able to quickly begin translating as this being that refers to itself simply as this one. Tells you that there there are some some records that he understands that you have been looking for a particular entity known as eighteen, as well as a particular entity known as Eve. As soon as well, I don't understand what they're saying. I'm assuming only Mordax does. What do you do, Mordax? M- Mordax would respectfully give some pleasantries and then turn to Angus, um, uh, Captain, uh, permission to translate for everyone, sir. Mordax, that's fine, but. Let's try to keep this quiet. 
All right. Should I ask that we um, move inside and not on the street? That would make me much more comfortable. If we're talking about something sensitive, which is why we're here, I'd prefer we to be private. emphatically are, and I don't want to say it out loud in the street. <laughs> Please do then. All right. I'll turn back to Fuego and, and his friend and ask in binary. Actually, what I probably would do is have Silverblade, because Silverblade's probably better at making the beeps. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Ask the the uh, the construct if we could move somewhere private to discuss those matters. As Silverblade begins beeping at it, it, it seems to the this entity seems to perk up as it turns to Silverblade and bows very deeply to him, and then begins beeping at at Silverblade and gestures Silverblade toward the the temple of the first ones. All right, I'll I'll turn to everyone else and I think we can we can. Well, go. And then he begins beeping at Silverblade. It That's seems cool. that uh, he doesn't. He, he's not sure that he wants all of you going in there. You know, Silverblade understands, for he is a machine like him. Well, I'm not comfortable with that. Mordax just freezes because this is the second time in so many days that something has just said that she separate herself from Silverblade. I'll ask if uh, if some of us can go. Looks at you and goes, as long, and, and then it turns back to Silverblade and, and it tells him, as long as you can vouch for your fleshy companions. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll have Silverblade vouch for the fleshy companions. <laughs> <laughs> Roll to vouch for the fleshy companions. <laughs> <laughs> He'll, he will allow Silver. He he graciously welcomes Silverblade and his uh, and his crew to the Temple of the First Ones. Does Fuego come with us? Fuego just kind of slinks off. Oh, okay. oh. I can see. He's that. made the introduction comfortable with us at this point because. Yeah. Basically almost yeah. get them fired. Yeah, Fuego's in some trouble. Fired. Like Mordax might sort of be smart enough to ask Silverblade to sort of explain a little bit more why Silverblade would vouch for the fleshy companions. And then I feel like Silverblade would enthusiastically tell this this uh, construct all about how the fleshy companions uh, got him out of this this jail situation and just like hyperactively tell the story. Because Silverblade doesn't get to be hyperactive all that often to things that can understand him very well. So uh, nice. Yeah, I think the Silverblade is very excited. The Anasite uh, uh, listens to Silverblade's story as he brings him in and, and seems to be enthusiastically responding and hearing after the, the story has been told and everyone is seated, you, you enter into the temple of the First Ones and it's just this little spire and it is lined with discs and data pads and all kinds of electronic media. Several mechanical-looking Boxes and doodads and knickknacks sit around. Mordax is just wow, looking around. As you are taken into a, a small side room. I was just gonna say Angus too, because I mean, when all this started, his only aspiration was to be the engineer on a ship and a mechanic. So all of these doodads and things are like, oh. And you know, there's a little nostalgia because I see all that stuff and I just. I remember Phaedra and how much fun we had making maze cores together. And so it just reminds me of some of my old crew and stuff. And it's there's a little moment there, which is kind of nice. The priest entity is waving his appendages around, explaining that some of these are sacred relics from the heart of Abalon. Many of these came from cities of the first ones on Abalon. Does anyone know about the first ones on Abalon? I have zero clue. Is that something I should do a culture check to see if I know anything, if Angus would know? About? Yeah, that yeah. culture would be fine. 
If you want to see if you what? know anything about the the stories of the first ones and Avalon. What about you? What Everybody's rolling. I was going to suggest to say I was going to say history, but then I'm like, wait, wrong system. <laughs> So definitely, everybody's really culture. 25. Nice. Mm. Beats my 15. Yes. <laughs> I don't even need to roll. Everyone else, you you know that... Uh, all right, so everyone knows that Abalon is a rocky, metallic world, the closest one into the sun in the Pact world. And you also know that the, the local species are mechanical uh, machines, mm. anasites. Eos, though, you know that there are a number of ruins that predate the anasites and that they belonged to whatever race originally created the anasites. You know that this this race of beings has disappeared and are sometimes known as the First Ones. Uh, you also happen to know that the Temple of the First Ones is dedicated to... So the, the anasites have come to believe that the, the spheres uh, of the archipelago could only have been built by beings as powerful as the, the First Ones, the ones that created them. And so they think that this is obviously their technology and obviously their work and that they must have created it for a reason. And so they have a temple here dedicated to studying the spheres to determine what that purpose may be and how they may further it. Uh, you also know that these creatures created the deity Epoch, who joined with two other artificial in intelligences to become Triune. So they, in a way, gave birth to Triune. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> and they also have forges that build the majority of drift engines. Uh, the Church of Triune is based on Avalon. But there are ancient cities left behind from the progenitors or the first ones. Okay. And Eos would quietly, as not to interrupt the priest, kind of fill in the crew as best she can on all that information. I'm not going to waste airtime <laughs> repeating Mew's awesome explanation. When the, the priest is done talking and after we get filled in by Eos, uh, Absco kind of leans into the group, probably kind of just in front of the priest and says, you know, the more information on Triune we have, the better we'll probably understand our mission. And uh, they kind of like wink when they say mission. Like, I thought stealth was your forte. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, we're indoors. Charisma is not my forte. Charisma <laughs> is almost my dump stat. I think now that it seems like we are probably in a safer spot, uh, then Mordex will actually relay the information about... 18? I... Yes, thank you. And Eve? Relay the information about 18 and Eve that the construct had given me out in the street. Okay, our time on... The archipelago is now limited based on our experience in Chroma. So if we can get to that information, get it, and then leave as quickly as possible, no disrespect. But that would probably be for the best for all of us. Okay. It pops out an old school floppy disk <laughs> and hands it to you. I'm assuming they hand it to... Uh, silver blades and oh, to to silver blade, duh, yeah. <laughs> the priest entity is explaining to silver blade that this is a summary of all of the information they were able to find here in their temple, and relays a set of coordinates on Avalon along with that, and tells them that you'll need those when you're done reading this. Right, so this is this is how I imagine this is going. They're talking to each other, and Mordax is sort of slightly off to the side, and repeating things softly at you three. Nice. Politely. Pretty much, Lee. All right, if there's nothing else, then... 
I do have one question. The entity known as 18, all of our information points to her being extremely old, um, almost predating the gap. Could she have been made by the first ones? Mordax gets a little wide-eyed and then uh, nods to Silverblade to ask that question. Uh, The response you get back through your translation matrix is that this is an interesting hypothesis. Okay. Mordax (laughs) looks back. I think what we have, we have what we need here. Mordax, I would like for you to have uh, Silverblade pass on all the information we got from the extremist so that the Temple of the First Ones can be protected or know if they have anyone inside here who would wish them harm. Because I think tit for tat as far as information is, is fair. And then we should go. Makes a lot of sense. So Mordax will suggest to Silverblade to offer up if they want a copy of the video feed that we had captured and the information that we got and to offer our extreme gratitude for being allowed to enter this sacred space. Silverblade relays all of that and the priest entity thanks you for coming and uh, explains that they aren't particularly concerned about these uh, preservationist frontists, but, you know, any information is good information. It is better than no information. And so they will gladly accept your information All right, so. as an offering to the Church of the Temple of the First Ones. They'll fiddle with sending some of that information over. Excellent. Bing, bang, boom. We're out of the temple. Yep. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. And you head back through... The Brass Bazaar. You can see the uh, the section closed down. Things seem to be already kind of returning back to normal, though, as shops are beginning to open up. I feel like Silverblade might even, like, turn back and look at the temple like, that was a... That was a nice place. And then turn back around. Silverblade, not Mordex. Yeah, I, th- I think Silverblade just really enjoyed that, t- that temple. That's awesome. Uh, okay. Are we gonna Are we gonna walk and talk back to the ship? Is that the thought? Whatever works. If you um, have talking, you are a walking. <laughs> all right, I have a, I have a small talking. I'm yeah. going to gesture to Silverblade to um, sort of scooch up in the walking order to just make a little bit of space so that I can pull Eos just slightly to the back a little bit so that Angus and Absco are leading the way. Silverblade's making a space buffer and Mordax is gonna lean up and sort of whisper to Eos, hey, um, so I get it why you, the bracelet thing. I get it. I don't think it's weird. I think it makes sense. Thank and before you, you can respond, <laughs> she, she shoots back up to meet up with Angus and Absco. <laughs> 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 Leaving the medic behind. <laughs> I, f- I feel like that's that moment where it's like you look deep into someone's eyes and go, I don't want things to be weird between us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. I love it. With joy. So w- while Mordax like ducks back, uh, Absco kind of sidles up to Angus and is like, so that uh, that robot had the had a nice robe. <laughs> Some good style. It was a little plain for me, but I'm glad that you liked it. I prefer a little more flash. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're just full of puns today. Unintentional. And then because that conversation took approximately two seconds, suddenly Mordax is just right there beside you. Just in time for the word flash. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so you have walkie-talkied your way back to your ship. If we get back to the ship, how long will it take us to go through this data? And how do we want to handle the data dump as far as getting the information to our characters? It is a floppy disk. Therefore, it will take all of about 20 seconds. Great. (laughs) A simple passage from a story that 
happens to mention Eve and 18 and the city known as Timeless on Avalon. Okay. What about them? Just mentions that they were there. At the same time? That's the implication. Very weird, obscure bit of text, like from a book. Yeah, you know, uh, it was like Timeless, where 18 and Eve appeared. And then there was 18, and behold. <laughs> I, I just had the mental image of, like, they pop into Angus's ready room, and Mordax, like, pops it into the computer. And it, in the time, it just takes everybody to kind of assemble. That's just on the screen. And that's all we have. Yep. And the coordinates. Yep. It's just, like, little stick figures. It's the little planet, and then did do 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 18. It's pictographs. <laughs> God. <laughs> it. Yeah, it's like doot 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 dragon. Doot 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 robot fight. <laughs> <laughs> Complete with eight bit. Yeah, exactly. Doot 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 bong bong bong. The highest fidelity MIDI sounds you can muster. Okay. Exactly. So with all that, now we have this information. We 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 look at it and we're I'm just like Angus is just like, well, this doesn't really seem like it was worth everything we went through to get it, does it? Well, it gives us a location. I, I suppose that our next stop is Avalon. True, but I mean, if this is all there was, why could Fuego not just say, here it is? Perhaps Fuego couldn't get access into the temple to get the information. And I don't blame Fuego for not wanting to be involved anymore. Oh, I know, but if they had just given us the information from the start, they'd have just been like, oh, George says you need this information. I have the information. Here's a floppy disk. Go home. <laughs> it it does seem a little excessive to go through all that rigmarole for a line of picture text. Nobody plans for extremist attacks. It could have been that easy. I suppose my issue here is I feel like we've been led around by our noses long enough. And so when things like this happen, I think we need to look a little deeper. So the possibility is that it could have been that easy and... 18 may have arranged for the attack to make this harder, which, you know, we need to be on our guard, making sure that we limit how much we talk about them and just be aware that they may be completely cognizant of what's going on. And so, oh, there's circuit. How could 18 have organized that attack? Steph, remembering Eos was not there for that part of the conversation. <laughs> mm, that's fair. Oh. Their circuit-filled fingerprints have are all over this, in my opinion. As I recall, That's there was actually something in the data we pulled that mentions 18, doesn't it? You yeah. found that the encryption reminded you very strongly of the same encryption that was on the data dump you took from Gideon. Okay. Right. Which you know, according to the Starfinder dossier, was arranged by Teen. Right. So all of this is a little bit, um, you know, I, I understand that you all have been doing this sort of spy cloak and dagger sort of thing a lot longer than I have because I have not been doing it at all. So I, I guess I want to be a little bit more uh, filled in on, on exactly how much you think that uh, these folk n know about. So we're supposed to not let on to them, even though you know that they're spying on us that we're part of the Starfinders, even though I kind of feel like it'll be really, really obvious with the very expensive ship. I know we've already talked about that, but I, I guess I just don't know how much we're supposed to be pretending that we don't know that they know, that we might know about how much they know. Absco kind of like looks very, um, like they understand your, your struggle with it. And they're like, all I've been trying to do is minimize the amount of exposure 
we have towards Solomon. However, I've already kind of given up. I'm only to E on our roster list as far as investigations are concerned. And that leaves about 75 more people to go through. There's so many avenues for Solomon to get in on what we're doing anyway. I think that my best idea here is just to move forward with as much purpose as possible so that they can't guess what we're doing. So we don't have to keep pretending that we aren't aware that they're part of the whole thing so that in case they're watching us, they don't think that we've already found out. There's no doubt in my mind that that they know that we know. Okay, good. Because it was all very confusing. But you know, if you need help going <laughs> through, you know, F through Z, you know, we could help you do your interviews. We could get it done real quick and then we could go to the place we have to go to. Mm. You're making a weird noise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. It hadn't occurred to me to ask for help on this. Um, and like Absco looks a little panicked about like giving up <laughs> this sort of control. And they're like, I, um, okay, here, here's how you can help. No. Okay. Fine. Fine. You can help. Yes. This would, this would be better. Yes. And so they pull out their data pad. They scroll through about, you know, half a dozen names well actually no more than a dozen names like 18 names and they like pass it off to to <laughs> mordex <laughs> and they number pass three. oh my gosh and they pass another list off to staff and absco looks over to angus and be like do you want to get in on this no thank you absco looks a little bit like reassured like cool yeah i can control these more <laughs> yep <laughs> and right. yeah i was just like okay so I've just been running checks on them. Anything that pops up as interesting, uh, noteworthy, I do a little bit further reconnaissance. Okay. And immediately, Mardax and Silverblade are just going to start on the data pad, just digging into these names very excitedly. Oh, here's the thing. What Absco finds interesting may not exactly be the same thing that Mordax <laughs> finds interesting. Oh, I know. So yeah. what Mordax probably finds interesting are all these like weird gaps in their histories and, and like you're flagging all these things, you know, this this person worked for 20 years as an electrical engineer at this company that sells cereal. Like what does that mean? Also probably like way more interested in their their personal life than than Absco like, oh, they're married. Ooh, I wonder what it is just like just, just all this like <laughs> much more personal information than actually there. What would so so I have I have the feeling Mordax instead like in the time Absco comes to check on on your progress you have an entire personal bio on one person. <laughs> oh, nothing yeah. about I'll, the professional I'll... life, nothing about like like just the basics like oh they worked here, they worked here where they worked here, but did you know that they used to live on Castroville at this address right here which is also the same address that the great entertainer blah 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 lived at, you know. Oh yeah, I think I think Mordax probably takes her people watching very seriously. And what about like, what you know he take? eats peanut butter and marshmallow sandwiches. I love we can't trust a guy like that. What would Eos be doing as far as trying to do background checks? Eos is looking at it maybe a little bit more like Absco, a little bit less like Mordak, rounding up anybody who may have connections to Abadar Corp, anyone who made some interesting job choices. You know, like maybe all of a sudden they go dark for a few years and then they come back with a bunch of new fun skill sets that don't really make a lot of sense or paper trail for how they got there. You know, anyone who, anything that may correlate to information we already have on Eve and 18. And I don't know if we have anything about like where they're 
located to cross-reference. That's kind of how she would go about it, maybe using like a filter in a search. No, good, good work. I mean, you would you would go about it looking at their like with that military kind of precision. You're doing military paperwork. Sit down, open the database, type in the name, look them up. Okay, here's this. Here, we research that. I like that. I, and I like the way you were thinking. You're looking for dark periods in their history, periods where there's no record. You actually find that to be a common enough story amongst your crew that uh, a good number of them seem to have just gaps. Not huge gaps, but gaps. Gaps that raise an eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> That's not promising. <laughs> you so found this while- to be a good chunk of your crew seems to have some sort of, which isn't terribly surprising given where you're at and what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, to be fair, Eos would probably, if Absco hadn't reached out to get to know her, been flagged for that reason as well, because there's like a four-month gap where it's not a consistent record there. And you're used to seeing it. You see all the redacted files. As you begin digging deeper, you begin finding redacted files and you realize, okay, they've been doing you know, it's military work. Some of it's, some of it obviously leads to they were mercenaries. Some of it is they were pirates that seem to have gotten into a, a bit of a tough spot and given an opportunity to not be hanged or space fished or whatever people do to them. <laughs> I don't have a kill to haul you on, so. <laughs> yeah. People that were looking for a job and just happened to fall into it. Like, you know, the, the cook is just like some dude who just owned a little restaurant and was given an opportunity to, you know, his restaurant burned down. He was given an opportunity to come cook on the ship. Now you have a cook. Not that everybody can be super like... Super suspicious after George. Well, <laughs> the tailor happens to Herc- be there. I, I will point out Hercules Mulligan. Oh no. I, I nerded out too hard nobody knows hamilton no no, <laughs> uh, no i haven't i haven't no, actually gotten a chance sorry. to see hamilton yet expensive. no 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 you are just more cultured than us that's the moment i am a theater nerd um hercules mulligan is a historical character he was a tailor who was a spy for the americans with the british by working on their uniforms for the see See, it yeah. makes way more sense oh, than you thought. I knew George. what I was doing the whole time. <laughs> ha! Y'all, y'all get through and realize that while your crew is not exactly what you would have picked if you were a corporation as a group of shady, sometimes do wells. Morally flexible. Yeah, you got a pretty, yes. Well, I mean, you've basically become a mercenary group, I guess, would be the closest thing, but mercenary adventurers in space i feel like we're just Someone? trying to survive like right i feel like y'all survive. are mm-hmm. little comfortably lost. <laughs> comfortably survive <laughs> but we don't know when a dragon could show up at any time and kill us or solomon could show up and we don't know what solomon's capable of but it doesn't seem like it's really great if they could kill my whole crew strand four mm-hmm. on an asteroid and then get them to murder the person who that they used as a patsy so yeah yeah just trying to survive. And hope we're not following 18's breadcrumbs exactly where she wants us. Yeah. So I, I think uh, Absco, while everyone else is finishing up a lot of the background checks, would actually mm-hmm. go to the bridge and uh, meet up with Aronson. A. Aronson. My engineer. <laughs> a. Aaron Aronson. <laughs> Uh-huh. Aronson snaps or, or uh, realizes that you've approached Absco and gets up from the seat, from the, the ensign's chair, giving you the helm, uh, snapping to Aronson, attention. Aronson, at ease, at ease. I, I have put a lot of weight on you and honestly a lot of trust. These have been some interesting days and I wanted to let you know how much 
I appreciated it. Just doing my duty. Well, I have something for you. And Absco pulls out of his pocket one of the beads from one of the the uh, rosaries that it was in the rubble from the the explosion. And okay. uh, they had tied it to a cord and said, "Just know that your role here is important. I know you work in engineering and Mordax." is lucky to have you there. I would appreciate you finding a suitable crew member to work up here with me. Permission to hug you? Denied? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Will do. That's awesome. Uh, Aronson oh. turns around and marches back to the uh, to the lift. You were not like, dismissed. Wait. <laughs> no, I mean, Absco looks kind of like bewildered and like uh, together, man. Hold it t- together. Th- th- thank you. And like they they just turn around and walk off. Like they're like, ooh. <laughs> All right. And then I'm assuming you're getting us underway to the coordinates since you're taking a that were included? I didn't know that we had decided on a, a direction. We went through the right. information, they gave us coordinates, and while Mordax was having their conversation about we don't really know what's going on, Rangus's thought process is really, you know, if what we want to do is try to stay ahead of a 4,000-year-old android who apparently has beef with a triune of deity of android to have become a god we're not gonna have much luck but all we can really do is just keep moving quick forward as quickly as possible so that hopefully we can keep up with the new information that 18 is getting about us as we're going and during the travel time we can set up our plan for what we're gonna do but we need to get where we're going you know that's my thought okay. process if anyone has a so, opinion now's the time to start voicing it and giving angus some feedback but that's kind of the way angus is is working right now is just trying not to fall so far behind that we keep mm-hmm. running into ambushes yeah so i mean absco was attempting to plug all the holes as far as information leaks that they that could have been i mean given that directive absco is going to go up to comms and says okay angus we are ready to to leave at your at your word let's get underway so how long does it take us to get there uh, give me your piloting check, Absco. Let's see what kind of piloting you do. Ooh, a 12. Oh. I rolled a natural one. Oh. There are no critical failures in Starfinder. There are no failures. Right? Well, (laughs) interesting. You should say that. Okay. Wasn't there talk of you considering adding them? Please don't remind them. Allow me to ask Does Absco get advantage on piloting roles because of bra? (laughs) Let's use Oh, Absco gets some help, but he's still like completely just stuck on all the other things he has to do. You, you, You look over everything, and as your fingers, as everything's ready, and just as you're about to zip you look and realize that the routes it, it took you a, a different route than you wanted to go and so yeah. you slap the the other the other route like madly trying to get there no you end up taking the long way around uh was- it, it take you around the sun three times before you even <laughs> headed to absolute or to abalon and it's just that that last moment where you can't do anything about it yep. so you will get to abalon just fine it's only going to take you four days but it should you have bothered- taken you like are, are you even going to bother mention it? Because I'm not a pilot. I wouldn't know. <laughs> no, no. Ab, uh, Absco's actually very distracted with all these disgusting emotions. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they don't know what to deal with it. So they're like, yeah, yeah, corset. We're on our way. <laughs> Four days in hyperdrive. Anybody have anything in particular they wish to do during those four days? Angus is going okay. to call Mordax into his 
private quarters. Oh, hey guys, look at the time. I think I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> Mordax will be very happy to oblige. Mordax will go. So when you arrive, I will have made sure that whoever it is who takes care of the captain, whatever, whoever's assigned that duty has just a light meal set up, something very casual, something very calm. Thank you for joining me, Mordax. Uh, Please have a seat and help yourself. And the seat is set up so that Mordax has like steps to get up so that it's at the right height so they don't feel like they're below Angus, but they don't have to climb. Very well staged so that it's very respectful of the differences between our species. Mordax will go in and step up. Mordax is very aware that this conversation was coming, so Mordax is a little tentative. Uh, Did not bring Silver Blade. No. Okay. Angus will sit down and just get a small plate of nibbles and something to drink and look Mordax right in the eye and say, I believe that between the two of us, there needs to be a conversation based on you yelling at me in front of the rest of the crew in a highly emotional situation. I want to keep this extremely civil and I want to make sure that you and I leave here on the same page. Are you open to that? I think that makes sense. Wonderful. First off, I want to say that nothing you said was unjustified. Absolutely, the weight of responsibility is on me to make sure that we are kept safe, and I will continue to do my absolute best to make sure that happens. I will be having words with both Abskull and Eos about taking our mediumly thought-out plan and throwing it out the window when they sense danger. I've invited you here first and foremost so I can learn how it is that you came to be so alone and attached to your your friend Silverblade based on the situation we are in. I feel like knowing that will really help us be able to communicate more effectively. Do you want to share that with me or do you feel like that's too personal? Oh, I don't mind sharing anything with you. I mean, part of the problem is that, you know, I talk too much and I annoy people and that's one of the reasons why Silverblade's my only... But, I mean, I, honestly... I don't really know if, you know, my, my you know, personal life history is, is really sort of the relevant thing here. I mean, it, it's honestly just that I, this, this situation that we're in is sort of almost, you know, military rank kind of situation is not something that I'm ever thought that I was ever going to, to be in. And I obviously let myself forget in that moment that you outrank me, I guess. it It's all been really, really fast. And it just, I, I guess... What it was is that I did trust you all a lot. You know, I had this image in my head that that you were all these, you know, well-seasoned space adventurers. And if you all had a plan that we were going to go into this place, get this information, that it was going to go okay because you... You all do this, and that and it turns out because clearly you're you're not dead now, obviously. Um, and then I think in that moment it kind of hit me that you know maybe you you all got thrown into this a little bit too, and and I just panicked and realized that I had put a lot of trust in you all, and that maybe we all probably should have had some conversations beforehand about plans and and I, I I don't know I don't really know how to explain it any better than that. It just I think I thought that you were all gonna kind of make everything go okay and then i realized that that we all needed to be better at everything and i i, I don't know i think it was just a moment of realizing that we that you all weren't you know superheroes 
Not that you're, you know, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I think I'm fumbling this a little bit. It's okay. It's okay. So we've tried to be, at least Absco and I have tried to be as honest with you as possible in that we have been thrown into this just as much as you. We have a few months more experience at it, but we are absolutely just feeling our way around. I feel I, like I know. the reason you became I'm gonna, overwhelmed. I'm going to admit here that I, I think I kind of romanticized the situation a little bit. It was kind of like a, kind of like a TV show, you know, where like... This, the, it's kind of a perfect story, you know. This the street mouse gets picked up by the by the adventuring crew and just falls into this band of mayhem. But they, you know, they save the day and it all works out. And I really realized when we were in that jail that this isn't this isn't some fun movie. This is not. This is actually real and dangerous. And I I, I freaked out. <laughs> And I'm going to be better about that. I, I'm going to take things seriously and not just assume everything's going to turn out all right. I do not believe that it's you not taking things seriously. I believe that a big part of the problem was being separated from Silverblade. And I cannot guarantee that will not happen again. If I cannot guarantee that that will not happen again, I need to know that you can hold it together so that we can get Silverblade back. And that we can count on you to help us with that. Yeah. Yeah, I it, it was I, I had never expected that that was a possibility, I think, is what I meant by taking it seriously. OK, you know. OK. And then what I'd really like is for just us to turn this into a more casual thing where, you know, we didn't have to do it on on here. But where Angus sort of probes at Mordax to get some of their backstory and find out how they wound up alone, because my understanding of Isoki is that. You have family everywhere. There are huge, huge family connections. And so Mordex not having that is something I would find very strange and interesting. So Angus would spend some time, but, you know, give Mordex the space to open up about that over time. I feel like, yeah, so I feel like to wrap this up, I, I feel like once Mordex was sure that Angus was done captaining at her, that uh, she would be totally fine with launching into the whole the whole thing and um, way oversharing. It would just turn into this scene where Mordex <laughs> is stuffing her face and talking about talking about everything. And, and then I think at the end of it, you will come out with a very clear understanding of why Mordex was basically incredibly annoying and she did have some family they just didn't talk to her oh that's super sad <laughs> but yeah, okay okay yeah. so cool i just wanted to make sure that conversation happened because that was something that was going to weigh on angus a great deal and so the ass roseate makes it to abalon this rocky metallic world whips around the sun at incredible speeds as you go to touch down there's your Avalon map. From from your elevation, it looks almost like circuit boards. Uh, it looks very mechanical, the way it's laid out. But it just sort of is in patches with big chunks of this world that is you would think would be practically uninhabitable. Uh, you can see several ruins from other cities. You would be... The coordinates leave you outside of striving near the Unification Cathedral and Theology Channel. Mm. And so... Okay. Where would you like to set down? Which Abalonian megaplex? Automatrix is their manufacturing facility. Striving is their, well, that's where the Church of Triune's headquarters are. And Pursuit is its own little place. I think it makes the most sense to go. Pursuit is the smallest of the megaplexes. For striving, because it has the theology channel and the unification cathedral right there. And if all of the information we're getting is from religious text, that seems like the most logical place to go. You set down in striving near the unification cathedral. Everyone else has There's an opinion. A good that was image. just Telrex. 
Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I said Captain spoke. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> I that was my thoughts as well. You, no, no, no. That know. was Kelrick talking. Does anyone have opinion? I'm just saying. Ah. This is just thinking here. So anyone else have an opinion? Absco was going to call for a physical sciences check from someone. Um, I can certainly do it. Great. I've got lots of <laughs> all the sciences. Okay. 25. Well, Mordek's got a 25. Yeah, 25 from Mordex. Yeah. Yes. 25 from Mordex. <laughs> all right. Most of Avalon is a dull world of iron and rock. There are no oceans on the surface of Avalon. Frozen water does exist, being mostly confined to the half-frozen jungles of the ice wells, unique regions within deep impact craters scattered across the surface. A layer of thick rock covers Avalon, beneath which immense deposits of iron and lead make up most of the uh, planet's internal structure. There really is no atmosphere to speak of, but there are, is plenty of life support in the mechanical uh, interconnected settlements the size of nations, which are now known as Megaplexes, and especially in the theology channel where every religion in the entire universe that you could think of is practiced here with all of no rite or ritual being too taboo yeah. because they wish to study all of the different religious rites in the universe. All right. And so they definitely <laughs> cater to off-worlders in the theology channel. I would like to make sure that Mordax has sunglasses that can turn into blinders when they become uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those religious things could be weird. Who knows? <laughs> I'm just looking out for you. Pretty much guess that at least <laughs> some of them are. Just the look. Unfortunately, nobody could see the look, but Britt's face was like, what are you saying? Why would you say? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that this Mordax is tiny and is a mouse. Absolutely. But Mordax also spent her entire life on the seediest portion of Absalon Station. <laughs> Mordax has seen some shit. She just has a disposition that's just, you know. It's the disposition happens. that throws yeah. Angus off. It's not, I mean, I had. No, I love it. I think it's wonderful. Teacher. So that, the, the Soki part is nothing <laughs> to me. The innocence with which Mordax is portrayed is what's like, let's just keep that alive as long as possible. <laughs> I think that that Mordax is like painfully optimistic in a way that she just she just shoves a lot of that that bad stuff just just no no no. Okay, good to know. As you settle down onto your landing pad and you get your first glance outside, you see mechanical beings hovering, flying, scritching everywhere, just skittering around the 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 port. Uh, where you landed, you also see a number of organic beings, many in various robes or various uh, religious garments. And comms gets a hold of you, Angus and uh, Captain. Yes. We have an incoming communication. I think you'll want to take this. Put it through. Uh, you might want to take it somewhere other than the bridge, Captain. Ah, I'll head to my ready room, but as I do, since we're landed, I will uh, motion for Absco to join me since they're on the bridge. Okay. And, mm -hmm. and that'll that'll just have to do since I'm assuming Eos and Mordax are at their proper stations. Okay. As you head into your ready room and go over to your computer, you hit the button to turn on your monitor, and it shows incoming call ID Solomon. And that is where we end uh. for today. <laughs> so, well, four experience points. <laughs> four experience points. I am your host and GM, Miu. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at MiuPlaysGames. I'm Kelrick. You can find me at EQ Points and at Cormalon, wishing I could make my DM be nicer to me. <laughs> 
I'm Britt, and you can find me at Atomic Firebird. And it's okay. Mardex will just push any of this bad information aside. <laughs> I am Kenny. You can find me on Twitter at Punderdrone. And uh, hopefully they can uh, start dealing with some of these uh, emotions. I'm Steph, and you can find me at Luna Starwind on Twitter. I don't have a catchy exit on this one, unfortunately. (laughs) And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.